But, but um, yeah, I've asked them to go out a little bit earlier this morning because um, I've got a word that I want to share from the scriptures. And um, as I was preparing it, perhaps more so than usual, it, it began to stir and provoke a deep sense of worship and thankfulness in my heart. And uh, I want to leave a bit more time at the end this morning for us to worship than we usually get. And I'm, I'm hoping that what God did in me by his spirit as I was preparing this word is going to spill over in, in, into you. I'm hoping and praying that will be the case uh, this morning. So we're in Genesis chapter 1, as you know. And um, this morning we're going to be thinking about day one of creation. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And as you know by now, Genesis 1 um, tells the story of the beginning of the universe. How did the universe come to be? How did we get here? What is this all about? Well, Genesis 1 tells us that story. But what I think is really important to understand and be aware of is that Genesis 1 does more than simply tell a story. Genesis 1 proclaims a message. There's a difference between a story being told and a message being proclaimed. God didn't put Genesis 1 in our Bibles just to give us some information about history. God also put Genesis 1 in our Bible to proclaim to us a message about the future. And I think it's really important as we gather together each week and as we open Genesis 1 together, I think it's really important that we not only hear the story, but we receive the message. You see, if we just hear the story, well, then it's going to fill our minds with information. But if we receive the message, it will fill our hearts with hope and strength. Here's kind of what I mean. Um, this might squeak for a minute. Hang on. Here's kind of what I'm trying to say. I was looking for a bow and arrow at home, and I found a bow, but not an arrow. So I've had to uh, go in the garden, and it's rubbish, but hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll get the idea. Here, let's just say we are. this bow represents us as humans, this stick. And uh, we're all here in time and in space, and uh, we've got no choice but to move forward, right? We've got no choice. Time just keeps ticking on. We can't stop it. We can't turn back the clock. Some of us would like to do that, but we can't do that. We're, we're all here. We've got no choice but to just keep plodding forward. The problem is, moving forward is hard at times, isn't it? We know that. Because this world can be a bit brutal at times, and it can beat you up, and it can beat you down, and it can crush you. And so... As much as we've got no option but to move forward, sometimes moving forward can become a really painful and difficult process. Maybe that's how you feel this morning. And we can come here to church together, right? And we can open Genesis chapter 1. And just for half an hour... 
together. We can sort of turn our minds and hearts back towards the very beginning, right? And listen to the story of the beginning. And uh, if all we do is hear the story, well, then it might fill our minds with information. It might stimulate our thinking, but it doesn't really help us in the journey that we need to make. It doesn't help us move forward. But instead of just hearing the story, if we receive the message, something profound happens. What happens when we receive the message is, here we go, rather than just looking back and turning our minds back to the beginning, what we do together is we lean our hearts back. We lean our hearts back to the beginning. And rather than just hearing the story, we listen to the message. And when we receive the message that Genesis 1 is telling us, there's more strength in us. Our hearts are filled with hope and strength. And we find that we're able to move forward or propel forward on the journey of life. Not necessarily problem free. But we'll have more hope and strength in our hearts. And friends, we need hope. We are Hope Church. This world needs hope. We need strength to keep moving forward on the journey of life. And so this morning, we're going to read the story of day creation. But I want you to know this morning that as well as it being an interesting story, I want you to know day one of creation proclaims a glorious message. A glorious message. And if we hear and receive that message this morning, it will hopes it will fill our hearts, sorry, with hope and it will propel us forward on the journey of life. So let's pray and let's hear the message of day one. Lord, we welcome you. We need you. Life can be tough, and this journey that you've called us to walk is not always easy. And sometimes, Lord, we feel like we can't move forward anymore. I pray, Lord, for anyone in this room this morning who may be feeling in that place, I pray especially for them that as we look at day one together, that you would minister hope and strength to their hearts. Come and help us, Holy Spirit. Give me the words to speak. Help me. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Night. 
and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Day one of the universe, day one of history, God creates light, he separates light from the darkness, he calls the light day and the darkness he calls night, and from that moment until now, the earth has been turning to the rhythm of day and night, night and day. And what's really important, I think, uh, when we come to this particular passage, is that we understand that from this moment onwards, the language of light and dark, the imagery of day and night, becomes really significant in the storyline of the rest of the Bible. And this language of light and dark and day and night becomes really symbolic as you read through the rest of the Bible. You probably don't need me to tell you, but as you read through the Bible, you will discover that light becomes associated with many things. Things such as goodness and truth and purity and over and above all light is associated with life life on the flip side darkness also becomes really symbolic language in and darkness is associated often with such things as deception and slavery and wickedness and corruption and ultimately death and so light and darkness day and night is really symbolic language is there a there are hum somewhere is it a guitar is it okay light and darkness day and night become deeply symbolic language and it's really important if we want to hear the message if we want to hear the message of day one of creation it's really important you're right Stu it's all going mad here at the minute everything good okay right start again really important if we want to hear the message of day one of creation it's really important that we pay attention to the symbolism of light and dark day and night did you notice that when God created light on day one did you notice that he didn't eliminate the darkness? Did you notice that? He created light, but he didn't eliminate the darkness. What God did instead was he contained the darkness. He put a boundary around the darkness. And he called the boundary night. And so it's like on day one, God created light and he says to the darkness, you can have the night, but no more. Darkness, you can have the night, but no more. Don't even think about trying to encroach on the day darkness. Stay within the boundary of the night. And did you notice that the night never put up a fight? Did you notice that the night did not resist? 
the night, the darkness did not try and bargain with God or negotiate with him. God said, you can have the night, nothing more. And the matter was settled. The boundary lines were set. Darkness was contained within the boundary of the night. And so on day one of creation, the message that God wants to deliver to us is that God is the creator of the light, but he is also the ruler of the dark. He is over the day, but God is also over the night. Friends, you know that there's a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of darkness out there. You you, you open your eyes, you... Keep your ears open. It's not hard to know that there's a lot of darkness out there. There's wickedness and pain and conflict and greed and corruption and oppression and family breakdown and conflict and, 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 and tyranny and death. There's a lot of darkness out there, friends. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 wants to remind us today that God is not only the creator and the bringer of light, that he's the ruler of darkness. And it can be really hard to believe that, actually, can't it? When you look around the world, when you see the darkness that surrounds us, when you see the darkness that surrounds even your own personal lives at times, it can be really tempting to begin to believe that the creator of the light has somehow lost control of the world. Day one tells a different story. Day one tells us that the creator of the light is also the ruler of the darkness. You know, there have been many dark moments in the history of God's people. Many dark moments. One of the darkest moments we read about in Scripture was about two and a half thousand years ago when a, the army of a foreign empire invaded the land of Israel and captured the city of Jerusalem and burnt it to the ground. And lots of people were killed, and most of the people were carried off as slaves to live in a foreign land. And when this foreign army burnt Jerusalem to the ground, the temple where God was supposedly dwelling was burnt to the ground as well. This was a dark, dark moment in the history of God's people. I can't really overemphasize how devastating, how unimaginable, how unthinkable, and how dark this moment was for the people of Israel. Think back to the moment when the Twin Towers came tumbling down. You all remember that moment, don't you? Remember the shock and the horror that we all felt as we watched these events playing out the other side of the world. You remember that feeling. You remember where you were. Well, now intensify that feeling by about tenfold. And I think we'll be close to what the people of Israel felt at this moment when their city was invaded and destroyed and the temple of the living God was burnt to the ground. A dark, dark moment. 
And during that period, there was a man, a Jewish man called Asaph. And he wrote a song in that time, expressing the mood of the people. We can read this song in Psalm chapter 74, but the the song begins like this. Oh God, why have you rejected us forever? That's how dark it was for the people of Israel at this time. It was so devastating, so painful, that they began to believe that God had given up on them and rejected them and turned them away forever. Sometimes life can be that dark. And I'd be surprised if no one in this room has ever felt like Asaph did in Psalm 74. Oh God, why? Have you rejected us? But interestingly, as you read through the psalm, we won't do it this morning because we don't have time. But as you read through the psalm, what you discover is that hope and strength begins to stir in Asaph's heart as he remembers who God is. As you get towards the end of the psalm, Asaph writes this, God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. The day is yours, and yours also is the night. You established the sun and the moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter in this dark, dark Moment in a moment that was so devastating, it made Asaph feel like God had given up and lost control. What does Asaph do? He reminds himself of day one. Asaph reminds himself of Genesis 1, verse 3 and 4. Yours is the day, God, and yours is the night. You're the one who set the boundaries of the earth. You're the one who makes both summer and winter. It's what Asaph does in this dark moment where he feels like God has rejected him. He reminds himself of who God is and he reminds himself that God is not only the creator of light but he's the ruler of darkness as well. Friends, we can learn a lesson from Asaph here. In those moments when life is dark, in those moments where we feel, we feel like God may have rejected us, we would do well to remember day one. He's the God of the light. And he's the ruler of the darkness. His is the day and his is the night. It's the message of day one. The story is God created the day and the night. The message is God is the creator of light and the ruler of darkness. But there's another message for us in day one. There is another glorious message for us in day one. I don't know if you've noticed. Have you, have you done what I suggested a few weeks ago? Have you been reading through Genesis 1 to 3 every week? Anyone? Good, Dan. Well done. The rest of you, shame on you. No, not at all. But if you have, if you've been reading through Genesis 1 especially, you probably would have noticed 
that uh, the way the days are framed are different to the way we frame the day now. I don't know if you noticed, but in Genesis chapter 1, there's a refrain where it says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Hey, mate. Bless you. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And there was evening and there was morning the third day and so on. Evening, morning, evening, morning. That's not the way we frame our days at all. When does our day begin? According to the clock, when does the day begin? Midnight. When does the day end? Midnight. It's a very different framing to what we see in Genesis chapter 1. Because you see, according to our days, we begin in dark and we end in dark. But according to Genesis 1, the day begins in the dark and ends in the light. It's really important to pay attention to this. Because you see, in this, even in the way the day is framed, a message is being proclaimed. And the message is this, the night will always give way to the day. And the darkness will always be conquered by the light. It's a message being proclaimed to us from day one of creation. The darkness will always be conquered by the light. The night will always give way to the day. Now we've been exploring Genesis 1 for a few weeks and you know, it is the story of the beginning, the beginning of the universe. And as with all stories that have a beginning, the story of the universe has an end as well. It has an end. We're not at the end yet, but we do know the end is coming, and we do know what will happen at the end of this story. Because God has revealed it to us in his book. Let me remind you how the story of the universe ends. The story that all of us are players in right now. Let me remind you how it ends. We know how it begins. Let me tell you how it ends. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21. This is how the story ends. God gives to the Apostle John a vision which foretells how the end will come. The end of the story. And this is what John the Apostle sees. This is the end of the story, friends. This is the end of the story. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. 
and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And the vision continues later on in the chapter. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gate ever be shut for there will be no Night there. You're allowed to say hallelujah. That's the end of the story. In the beginning, darkness. At the end, light. In the beginning, night. At the end, Glorious day. That's the story, friends. That's the story. And it's a story. I don't know if you've realized this, but it's a story that every single sunrise is telling you every day. Every single sunrise is pointing to this glorious story. Every time the sun rises, it's saying, darkness will be conquered by light. The night will give way to the day. The evening will be swallowed up by the morning. That's the story that the sun is proclaiming. That's the message that the sunrise is proclaiming every single day. So next time you see the sunrise, let your heart be filled with hope. Let your heart be filled with strength. As the sun tells this glorious story that one day the night will be gone forever. And darkness will be conquered forever. That's the story that every single sunrise has been proclaiming from day one until now. Every single day we're reminded that the darkness is contained to the boundary of the night. And that the light always conquers darkness. Every single day that message has been proclaimed. All across the earth, light conquers darkness. Day beats the night. Morning swallows up evening. Every single day that message has been proclaimed. Except, except, there was one day. There was one day. There was one day about 2,000 years ago when it looked like darkness had conquered the light.
There was one day about 2,000 years ago when right in the middle of the day when the sun is usually at its highest and its brightness, everything went dark. Remember that day? And on that day, that message of light conquering darkness seemed to reverse itself. And just for a moment, it looked like, well, maybe the darkness has won. Just for a moment, the darkness managed to escape the boundary of the night. Just for a moment, it looked like the darkness had managed to overcome the power of light as Jesus, the light of the world, succumbed to darkness and death. And everything went dark. And for all the world, it looked like the darkness had won. And for all the world, it looked like the night had swallowed up the day. And for all the world, it looked like the evening had overcome the morning. And it went dark. Little did the darkness know that at just the moment where it felt like it had won, the Lord of light and life was securing its defeat once and for all. Because in three days, at sunrise, the light of the world rose, never to be extinguished again. The day swallowed up the night forever. The light conquered the darkness supremely. And it's because of that victory that Jesus won as he succumbed to darkness and death, but rose in glorious light. It's because of that victory that you and I can be supremely confident this morning that however dark it may look, however dark it may feel, we can be supremely confident that the light is coming. The light is coming. The light is coming. And so, listen... The story of day one is more than just a story. It's a nice story. It's an interesting story. It's a good story, but it's a message. Stories just fill your mind with information, but messages fill your heart with hope and strength, and they give you the power to go forward, no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how painful life may be. No matter how it may feel, you need to know that light is coming. Every sunrise proclaims that message. Don't pay attention to the way we frame our days. Midnight to midnight, that's a rubbish story. 
Darkness to dark. I don't want to live in that story. I want to live in evening, morning. That's the story I want to live in. I want to live in darkness being swallowed up by light. I want to live in the day winning over the night. That's the story I want to live in. That's the story I believe in. That's the story I'm waiting for. Are you with me? Amen. Are you with It's hope stirring. It's strength filling your heart this morning. However dark it may feel for you right now, you need to believe and understand the message that day one of creation is proclaiming. Light is coming. Life will reign. We're going to sing together in a moment. Alan, can you come and get ready? We're going to sing. Because sometimes when this message grips your heart. It makes you want to sing. And we're going to sing a song this morning that we all know very well is powerful and a profound song. But there's one particular verse in this song that I want us this morning to sing with more gusto than ever. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world, by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost his grip on me, for I am his, and he is mine, bought with a precious blood of Christ. Are you encouraged this morning? Let's stand together and let's worship the Lord of light and life. Thank you, Alan.